Hello, welcome back to the Sunday Long Read Podcast, the official podcast of the Sunday Long Read Newsletter. I'm Jacob Feldman. This week, I talked with New York Times writer Katie Weaver, who has channeled her insatiable curiosity into some of our favorite stories, writing about everything from Glitter Factories to Maya Rudolph to the year 1994 for the Style section and the Times Magazine. She was previously at GQ, where she wrote a series of sensational celebrity profiles, including a 2016 feature on Kim Kardashian that broke that website's traffic record. FYI, Katie wound up doing a live reading of the Oxford English Dictionary during our chat. But don't worry, because she can make just about anything interesting. Why don't you see for yourself? One more note before we get to Katie, though. You may notice that we had some trouble with the audio quality of our interview due to some technical difficulties. So if you prefer to read this conversation instead of listening to it, we've published a transcript on our website, sundaylongread.com. Enjoy! Katie Weaver, welcome to the Sunday Long Read Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, our, our pleasure, and you're, you're, you're reporting uh, wh- while you're, you're on the phone, so we appreciate you squeezing us in. We're excited to, to read whatever's next, but uh, I want to start off, let's start off at even before the, the reporting phase, well before the writing phase, at the idea phase for you. I, one of your strong suits, I think, to us is, is finding the story, whether it's about glitter, whether it's about mott sticks, uh-huh. How do you how do you come up with the, the ideas and how do you know when an idea is, is worth pursuing? Oh my gosh, well I never know. Um, <laughs> it's a, maybe at some point after it's done and published, like maybe at the end of the day I'll know that it was worth pursuing, but definitely never while I'm in the midst of it. I, I'm really lucky that I've worked now at a few places that basically just let me run wild and kind of any weird idea that popped into my head they have have by and large uh, been willing to let me pursue Um, sometimes ending up in the middle of nowhere (laughs) with with nothing really to show for it but other times it does work out Um, Mm -hmm. like the glitter story is a funny example I was actually researching another story when I got that idea and the idea was genuinely just me watching a YouTube video of something (laughs) that was not glitter and thinking, oh, that looks like glitter. I, I wonder how they make glitter. And asking my editor, um, can I research how they make glitter? And she said, okay. Was running wild, is that something you, you kind of always look for in a job? Or is that just kind of what, what, is, what has happened for you? Um, no, I, I actually feel like I work best with very strict parameters. <laughs> so the, these ideas that have been things that I, I was interested in have all kind of felt like flukes in a way. I would much rather be given like a very specific assignment and have to operate within strict guidelines. And, and then how often do you get the okay on a story and then and then nothing happens? Is that is that 10%? Is that 50%? Nothing, nothing ends up getting published, I mean. I would say it's pretty rarely. It happens every once in a yeah. while. There, there was a joke, uh, especially at GQ, um, where when we were all in Slack, um, that <laughs> I, I would use all my best material in Slack. I was like constantly getting ideas and getting distracted by things. But it's <laughs> it's rare that I would sit down and really research thing something and put a lot of time into it and not have anything mm-hmm. to show for it. Right, right, right. And and then maybe we can stick with glitter as the example do you have do you do you have an idea of a story right from the get-go how much kind of changes during the process in terms of what the story ultimately looks like 
Um, that's that's a great example to stick with because the idea from the beginning was what is glitter and how is it made? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I, I actually thought it would be a lot easier to report. Um, I thought yeah. people would, wouldn't be able to wait to have me come and, and <laughs> see how they make glitter. And it turned out that that was one actually where there was a point early on where I thought maybe I had wasted time and would have nothing to show for it because it's like, oh, am boy. I going to have to try to completely do a write around here? I have no idea how <laughs> glitter's made. I'm looking at, you know, patents for machines that I don't understand that are from 50 years ago. Um, so I, I would say for something like that, I, I try to always have an, an idea in mind and then I generally stick to it, which is not to say that mm-hmm. I, I you know, know exactly what I'm going to find, but mm-hmm. I, I try to pay attention to what I want to know from a story, um, the questions that mm-hmm. I have, because I know that you know I'm <laughs> definitely not so unique that I am interested in things that no one else on the planet is interested in. I feel like I'm a pretty good uh, representation of the average (laughs) human. So it's like, you know Mm -hmm. what? If I don't know how they make glitter, I bet a lot of people don't know how they make glitter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and so you you mentioned GQ. I want to ask uh, about the celebrity writing you've done. And it's kind of the same question, but when when you would get either an assignment or an idea for for a celebrity, whether it's uh, Kim Kardashian or Gal Gadot or whoever, do you, do you have an idea of, of what is interesting to you about them from the beginning that, that you then pursue or, or you try to stay open well into the reporting process? Um, so of the ones, of the covers I did at GQ, I'm pretty sure the only one I actually ever pitched was Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> The Rock. And, yeah. and, I, and I pitched him on my memo before I even had the job when I just had to come up with a bunch of ideas. And I didn't end mm-hmm. up getting a chance to do him for like a year maybe. Um mm-hmm. And that, that, I think all I wrote down, too, was, you know, I want to work out with The Rock. And so I, <laughs> I basically did the secret and made that happen. Um, yeah. But beyond that, it's, it's kind of the same thing of what I said about glitter. So, you know, if someone comes to me and says, oh, okay, we want you to write about Kim, then I just mm-hmm. immediately start trying to figure out the questions that I want to ask her the things I want to know about. I'll also ask my friends, you know, is there anything that you want to know about? Kim Kardashian and and mm-hmm. and I was lucky with Kim that I had a few friends who were real Kardashian experts and had watched and <laughs> yeah. gave me like very 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 specific detailed questions and I actually <laughs> did end up binging um, all of the Kardashians that had aired to that point so several seasons uh-huh. um, and I told Kim that and she was horrified <laughs> like oh my god it's a lot of time um, but yeah I think it, just trying to see what I'm curious about and what other people are curious about is a good a good way to guide the writing process and if I, if I go mm-hmm. into it with you know, a really specific idea, I, I would probably get too set in it and not want to change it, which I think would be a bad thing. So I try to go with basically no preconceived notions, just a, a bumbling idiot full of questions. Yeah, right, exactly. And then w- w- when you're introducing yourself at the beginning, h- how do you start a, a sit down with a celebrity and, and what kind of uh, face do you think about putting on or, or representation do you think about putting forward right when you're, you're kind of in, in those first uh, few moments? Um, I, I just try to, you know, seem like a normal person. Uh, before I did my first interview ever at 
GQ. I was talking to an editor there, and he gave me advice that haunts me to this day that I still think about a lot. Um, he said, I asked him, oh, you know, any, any tips as I'm about to head out the door? And he yeah. said, just remember, um, this is the worst part of their job. They hate doing it. They've heard every question before, and they don't like you. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, but every once in a while, someone will ask me, like, oh, you know, who, do you ever feel like you're friends with any of them? And it's like, yeah. oh, you know, no, I know that they're at work and I'm at work. And it's, yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't want to be friends with someone who came and asked me all these questions. But I think right. that that's good in a way, because if I, if I really wanted to be their friend, you know, I wouldn't ask probably a quarter of the things I ask. I really try to mm -hmm. go into it with the energy of someone who's like, okay, I have two days to spend with Justin Bieber. I'm never going to see him again. Again, this is uh -huh. it. Any question I've ever had, time to throw it out. And, and and does it feel different? Do you act differently when you do get a sense that you guys are clicking versus you aren't clicking? I think I, uh, I would say that I'm a fairly social person in general. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I don't think, and I'm also not a quitter. So I basically I won't let. <laughs> I won't let us not click in some way, even if I'm <laughs> fighting tooth and nail. Like, I yeah. I have definitely had people who, for sure, did not want to be talking to me. But it's like, you know, I, it's fine for them, but I am I am being paid to get them to say something. So I just, right, right, right. I, I got to fight and, until the, the last moment as the as the ship is going down. I have to, to just keep trying to get something out of them. So I think I probably yeah. come into it with, like, a big energy. <laughs> Right, right, right. And 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 did you? I, I imagine you wanted to write celebrity profiles, right? So so, w was moving away to that, and you've kind of moved more towards this uh, experiential, you know, storytelling. Whether it's visiting Trump hotels or or visiting a glitter factory, so I'm curious about that transition. Oh, I don't think of it as a tra well. It was a transition to profiles because I, I got my start. Uh, you know, my full-time paid start at uh, Gawker, which no longer exists, and no celebrities right. would, for the most part, no celebrities, no big celebrities would talk to Gawker. So when I got the mm -hmm. job at GQ, when I was interviewing with the then editor-in-chief Jim Nelson, he asked what I wanted to do, and I said I'd really love to try writing celebrity profiles. I love reading them. I've never written one. Mm -hmm. And then the first one he ended up giving me was Justin Bieber, so I was like, okay, I got what I asked for. <laughs> You're doing for. it, right. Yeah. Um, and so the experiential stuff has just always been things that I, you know, was able to do at Gawker because it didn't rely on publicists granting access. Uh, so I think of it as a mix. Um, I haven't done as yeah. many profiles now that I'm at the Times, uh, but that's just because, you know, there are so many people working at the Times. It, sure. Things don't always line up. Um, I, I actually work for both the style section and the magazine, um, mm -hmm. but I would love to get back into into doing more. I really enjoy doing them. You mentioned moving, moving to the Times. I'm curious how... Uh, obviously, you know, being at Styles, it's its own its own world. But when you're reaching out to, to sources for stories, how, how have you noticed they react differently to to being a New York Times reporter compared to to, to your previous stops? Let's see. Well, everyone, when I tell people where I work now, they I think they pretty much always know what it is, which is very yeah, exciting. A, a plus. And, and they're yeah. not completely confused. It's like GQ, that's a men's magazine, or like Gawker, what is that? Mm -hmm. um, and I would say, you know, sometimes people will grant 
access and they're and they're delighted to talk to you, but other times you will get ignored or get a no. So it definitely does not open every door, but I would say it maybe makes me feel confident going in mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, not mm -hmm. gonna be looking crazy, I'm not gonna be looking like just some, you know, random person with my Gmail address reaching out. Like right. I, I at least <laughs> I at least have the domain name behind me, which which makes me feel right. good going in. And, and have you noticed it affect your your writing style at all, or your reporting style? Um, I think I've pretty much been able to um, keep the same writing and reporting style. Uh, there are maybe a couple things like you know we can't swear <laughs> and uh -huh. and can't use as much caps lock. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> but but other than that, I have actually been really pleased with um, with how little I think I've had to change uh, my style. Yeah. To me, I, I mentioned this a little bit, but I, I'm curious. So many of your stories are, are journeys that, that you are taking, whether it's whether it's literally a kind of across the country, whether it's you know trying to figure something out. Uh, and I'm curious if that's a style that that you read, if, if that's if, what it is about that that, that you uh, are, are drawn to in terms of style. Oh, hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a style that I seek out necessarily, but I'm just a big reader in general. I love <laughs> I love reading. I read books. I read magazines. I check Twitter fiendishly. Um, so I'm trying to think if, if I can if there's anything that I really don't like to read because maybe that would help me figure out what I do like to read. Like off the top of my head, I try to be a really um, omnivorous reader uh i, I read yeah. i read a science fiction book earlier this year that i loved and i i uh -huh. am not normally a, a big reader of science fiction it just appeared on some obscure library list you know some librarian in some department of some branch of i think the new york public library recommended it and i loved it oh, wow. and so i think yeah I, I maybe to some extent i just read things that people recommend to me <laughs> uh, but i try to give everything a chance because i i think it's also a good way to like learn new vocabulary words and weird facts and find topics yeah. that had never occurred to me um it's, it's kind of the same reason i love if I'm at a party meeting people who don't work in media, because I just want to know, like, oh my gosh, what does everyone do all day at work? What's your <laughs> job? Like, I have friends who work in banking, and I have asked them so many times to explain to me, you go into work, you sit down at your computer, you turn it on, what do you do? And they'll say, like, oh, yeah. you know, I manage portfolios. And it's like, no, what do you <laughs> click? What right. are you looking at? Are you sending emails? Is it spreadsheets? Sounds like a lot of spreadsheets. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm just kind of a, a nosy, curious person by nature, and I try to absorb everything that I can. So maybe that also, yeah. maybe travel appeals to me um, for that reason, because I like going to new places and <laughs> seeing what's what. And, and do you feel like you, you kind of get get the answers eventually, or do you feel like you're kind of constantly have more more questions? Oh, both. I think uh, yeah. I, I often find that people are, are perfectly willing to answer your questions. And then, of course, the more you learn about something, the more interesting it becomes. Mm -hmm. I, I always That's <laughs> one thing that I try to keep in mind with writing. Nothing yeah. becomes yeah. less interesting because you learn more about it. So it's, it's good mm -hmm. to, even if it seems like a topic that you are not going to like that is going to be boring, it will become interesting when you can give yourself a reason to care about it and learn about it. And on the flip side of that, when when you're reading, when you're talking to people, do you feel like you still have your your professional brain on that you're learning, and and you know, or, or does it feel? Are you able to kind of 
take take off the, the the professional reporter hat and still acquire the vocab and acquire story ideas and, and this and that oh i don't think i'm ever really putting on a different hat i just try to always you know listen to what people are saying and then let my natural curiosity guide me like i, I was uh at a party recently with people who who worked in another industry and they worked in the tech industry um but 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 not like you know they didn't like found airbnb or anything it's they did <laughs> right. you know, computer stuff um uh-huh. and, and i <laughs> ended up asking them um how <laughs> how do you make electricity uh and and we had to keep pairing it back and it was like no like before then before then and right. eventually they were able to explain it to me like i was a child and it's still kind of complicated i honestly cannot remember off the top of my head how you do it there was a point mm. a couple weeks ago when i absolutely could have tell you could have told you <laughs> how electricity is physically created um but now the most i could say is that if i reread the explanation uh, I would understand it right away instead of having to be walked faster, through right. it for 15 minutes. <laughs> so so you, you kind of mentioned the, the, the eclectic input uh, at, at parties and in a reading. And I, I was fascinated the opening of your story about Focus Brands, which uh, owns, owns uh, what, Cinnabon? What, what are some of the other brands? And Cinnabon, Annie Ann's, Jamba Juice, which is, I believe now, called just Jamba. Um, Carvel ice cream, and mm-hmm. then there were a, right. a few smaller chains that I, I didn't have growing up in Pennsylvania, so they were new to me. There's Mo. <laughs> yeah. See if I can get them all. Moe's, Schlatsky's. Right. Uh, I think I'm forgetting one or two. Um, yeah, McAllister's Deli oh, here. McAllister's, uh, yes. <laughs> You guys don't have that in Pennsylvania. We had one of those in, in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had. Um, I think those chains are maybe a little bit more popular in the South. The ones that I wasn't as familiar yeah. with, because I had friends from Virginia who you know knew all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so right. These these uh, casual food brands, but the story opens up with with Abigail and and John Adams uh, writing letters. It, was that? Where, do you remember where you came across that, or how that ended up being being the top of the story? I read or heard that John Adams quote about, um, you know, the generations years ago, and I've just always liked it. And every time it pops into my head, I think like, you know what, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, so that's just one of the things that's kind of always floating around my head. And it was like, oh, you know what, maybe I can shoehorn it at the top of this story. I also kind of always write thinking that, you know, oh, this is the crazy version that is full of insane <laughs> things that we'll fix later when we're doing uh-huh. the real version and then I just always run out of time and that's what ends up getting published is there, are there other examples that, that jump out to you of, of stuff you didn't think was going to end up uh, in there I don't know I'm putting you on the spot but not in this article but in any article it, truly like everything I've ever written definitely the Kim Kardashian <laughs> lead for her story for GQ. I wrote that yeah. as the airplane was touching down after I uh, had you know, flown out to California to meet with her and it, we were about to land and I was like, oh, I haven't started writing this story yet. I want to have something to show my editor. So I just dashed that off on my phone really, really wow. fast. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Otherwise, uh, I mean, really all of them. I, I It's so often just what I write first is what yeah. ends up being the story. I, I pr- could probably count on one hand. Also, I have a bad memory, so that's why I could count them on one hand. <laughs> the, the number of times I've completely you changed, changed say, a lead mm-hmm. to something else. Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you? Have you? Uh, 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 this might sound weird, but have you tried? Like, does it? Does it just? Is it just not as good when when you do it? 
when you when you when you mess with stuff Mm, so I generally write it and if I'm okay showing it to someone I I let my editor I have a lot of faith in editors so I'll let my editor say Mm -hmm. like this doesn't work at all and if the editor (laughs) is okay leaving it in oh the Maya Rudolph thing that's another good example um I wrote out Maya Rudolph for the magazine and it's like well this probably (laughs) will all get cut um but it's like if they are fine leaving it in I also trust that you know their tastes are not so specific that they are the only people in the world who will mm-hmm. react <laughs> neutrally or positively to that lead. So mm-hmm. why mess with it? So you've, I mean, the answer to this seems to be everything. But what 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 does what what does excite you now? What 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 kinds of things? What 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 types of things do you have you found are, are worth you know kind of the time and and, and energy to, to get to the bottom of or, or to visit? I don't think it's really changed. I, yeah. I I think I just have such a I'm such a blank slate who's basically interested <laughs> in whatever. <laughs> like uh-huh. I, you know, I really like watching shows like Antiques Roadshow, where uh-huh. you never know what they're gonna bring up, you never know what they're gonna say. So you're covering basically you can cover. In theory, you know, the entire span of human history. I don't know that they've ever gotten anything older than, say, you know, 600 years old, maybe. Um, but it's like, okay, great. I would love to hear an expert tell me about this. Uh, yeah. That's what I like. So I just like finding out the most I can about whatever pops into my head. And, and you mentioned, you know, the trust in, in the editors, and that's, that's so uh, important. What what role do, do editors play for you? Is it is it merely, you know, at the end of that process there, kind of being the gatekeeper? What, what, what kind of role have you figured out is it works best with, with you? They are the people who receive the 200,000 words that I have filed for this 800 <laughs> word story and then yeah. eliminate most of them uh, and, and I'm, I think I'm usually pretty good at taking edits because I've also been an editor so I know how irksome it is when people really push back against edits and unless mm-hmm. it's a very specific line I really really like um I will generally, I think, listen to them because I, if it's something, for instance, that they that they say, oh, I didn't really know what you meant here, I just want to cut it because I can't explain to everyone who will read it what I meant there. So if you don't get it on first read, we should lose <laughs> it or rework it. Um, and, yeah. and the thing is, I'm, I also am filing so much <laughs> that we definitely need to be cutting things. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and do you... How do things work there in terms of? I mean, do you do you do you have a word count right away? Is it is it is some stuff in in print that has a word count and some stuff doesn't? How do you how, how does that get shake, shaken out? Oh, I always ask for one, um, and then <laughs> and then sometimes they'll give me one, and, and often people will say, oh, "I'm so bad at word counts," you know, I don't know, and I also don't know. So if they say like 600 words. I would uh-huh. go open a random news article and copy and paste it <laughs> until I see about how long 600 words is. For some reason, I just can't uh-huh. keep it in my head. Uh, and hmm. then and then I also will say I tend to write very nervously until I hit whatever that count is. And then hmm. I can kind of relax because I think, okay, no matter what, I've written you know enough at this point. Uh, <laughs> right, you've done it. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then everything else after that is gravy. But unfortunately, sometimes then I'm writing you know way too long. <laughs> Although I also... I do try, again, because I've been an editor, to kind of do a first edit myself and cut things where it's like, this is just a completely ridiculous (laughs) tangent. I don't even want to waste my editor's time and make them mad by sending this. Um, So, so yeah, I would say that the editor's role is really to help save me from myself, point out what what does not make sense, um, Mm -hmm. and and give me a word count, and then (laughs) renegotiate the word count with me uh, at the 11th hour. 
you you mentioned uh you know a voracious uh t- twitter user uh um, and 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 I'm curious the role that the internet at, at large or whatever plays in, in, in your process and whether there's times where you, where you cut it out at some point in the process. You mentioned, you know, I, I imagine you could have been watching YouTube videos and reading patents about glitter, you know, for, for months and months and months. How, and and so, for, so from the story, from the idea creation phase through writing, how how do you kind of mediate that relationship you have with with the internet? I, I use it a lot for research. Um, and really, I would say it's most valuable to me as a portable version of the Oxford English Dictionary. Um, <laughs> I, I am so thankful that my library card gets me access to that. It is such an incredible resource. It's so fun to go through and try yeah, well, to how do you use it? what I'm trying well, to what say. Is your, what are you doing in there? You know, so I'll, I'll look up the actual definition of a word, um, or if I if I need a synonym, but I can't quite think of what I'm trying to describe, you know, I'll, tr- I'll just enter a word that seems kind of related. Uh, and then they also, if you go to the, the source section of the OED online, they, they break it down in these really neat abstract categories. So it could be like, you know, uh, emotions, and then another subcategory is anger, and then it says, you know, like, furious anger and it, you just keep can go and get narrower and narrower and narrower um it's i would say maybe an inefficient way sometimes to do it but uh it's always interesting i i'm always learning new things and then i i try to incorporate them uh into my vocabulary if i'm able to i, I had a really good yeah. uh french teacher when i was little uh, not that I speak great French now, but she, she was a really interesting teacher and she was always teaching us about the connections between words and showing us how how a French word is or is not related to an English word, why it looks the same, but it has a totally different meaning. Um, so I've always been really interested in kind of the, the patterns that emerge in language. And the OED is a nice place to um, just run wild, finding more of those. Do, do you have a favorite entry or, or a recent entry that, that, that you particularly enjoyed? <sighs> Recent entry. I wonder if I enter it on my computer right now, if anything would pop up. Let me see. Yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, this is funny. So I guess the, the most recent thing I looked up was the word bustling. Uh, so let's see. I would not say that that's a word I particularly care about or use often. I can't remember why I was looking it up. I think probably in that case, I didn't want to say bustling, but I wanted to find a word right. with a similar meaning, so I had to start there. To replace it. <laughs> yeah, let's see. What's the etymology here? Can we find it fast? Um, oh, interesting. It's related to, or at least an early definition of it was related to bluster. Huh. I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, so you know, it's I, I'm using it all the time, and that's my. Yeah. I, I'm always encouraging writers if they ask me for tips. I say get a library card and use the OED because it's such an amazing resource. For for, for me, I think that um, that obsession over the words will, will become a bit a bit paralyzing in, in in the writing process. But are you able? To, I guess by by writing quickly, maybe you're able to to not obsess over each and every word. Oh no, I completely obsess over each and every word. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I obsess probably more than than anyone I know or at least as much as the people I know who also obsess over them. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's definitely, but it feels so good. It, is there you, is there a benefit to that, is, is, or is it all is it all personal? Oh, I don't know. I think it's mainly yeah, just a personal benefit. Um, 
I do. There's definitely satisfaction in, especially in looking at someone else's sentence, I think, mm. and tweaking it a little bit. Um, I really yeah. like doing that. I love if someone wants me to like look over an email. I love to look over an email. Um, <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I would say I still treat language very obsessively and um, yeah. and I try to be a precise writer. I, I always tell people I'm better in writing than I am in person. <laughs> Is there is there anybody you love to read for the the, the diction they use, or, or, or you, you find yourself constantly you know getting new things out of them that you also would recommend? Whew, um, for specific like syntax and diction, um, <laughs> let's see. I'm sure there are. I read recently, um, well, recently a couple years ago at this point, a mm -hmm. book called The Magnificent Ambersons by Booth Tarkington. Are you familiar with it? Mm -hmm. No, um, I'm not. Have you read it? No, I have not. Uh, I think it won the Pulitzer, uh, but you know, years and years and years, okay. years ago. Um, and I, and it, it was, so it's, a, you know, very clearly an old-timey book. It's old-timey subject matter, but I was still like laughing out loud at some of the lines because they were so uh -huh. they were like so <laughs> this sounds obnoxious they were just so wry <laughs> <laughs> but you know they, they were just I think that they were so precise um and able to be funny you know I don't know century later <laughs> maybe not quite a century uh yeah, yeah I, I was really impressed by that. And then I also, I just love reading, you know, I love reading Kurt Vonnegut. I love reading Taffy, mm -hmm. um, who now writes mm -hmm. for Times, Bertus or Agner. Um, yeah, I love, I'm trying to think Previ who else. Previous I, podcast guest. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> who else do I love reading? Uh, and do you, I, I guess, do you I keep, guess everyone do you... I like reading is precise with language, but I'm struggling to think of a writer who is not and maybe I'm struggling to think of them because I don't read them <laughs> uh, but even you know in uh, the friends that I am like instant messaging with I, I uh, would say that they're good conversationalists so it's fun yeah yeah and, and do you keep a list of, of, of good words and sentences you come across or you just store it all mentally um, I, I sometimes keep a list of words that I didn't know the definition of to try to learn them um, but so I, don't, I don't really mm -hmm. keep a, a list of words that I like I would say that's probably <laughs> mental um, like there's a word gotcha. that I've now this year used twice uh, <laughs> in the time, so I think I finally uh, know it. And it's I have, wait, let me make sure I don't say it wrong. It's choropleth map. It's those maps that ha that use shading to show like population density um, mm. or or you know income level or something like that. Um, and the, when I first started trying to write it, I kept writing chloroplath, like chloroform, chloroform. So I'm still kind of nervous to drop in a conversation, but it's choroplath. Uh, and Chlor I, feel, I feel really proud yeah. that that's now a word that I know. And I actually, <laughs> the first time I put it in the paper, I got an email or maybe even two from people who were like, this was very obnoxious of you. To do. <laughs> oh, right. They weren't, yeah, they but, weren't but fans. I also got an email yeah. from someone who said, oh, I didn't know that word. I'm so happy to know it. And, and I wrote back, right. that's why I put it in so we could learn it. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are your people. <laughs> right, exactly. I, I think if you give people enough context, that's the thing. It's not mm -hmm. showing off if you are, first of all, learning the word yourself and also trying to help other people learn the word. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't just say like, oh, you don't know what a choropleth map is and, and never... <laughs> never elaborate yeah so so my, my last question for you um 
whether it's etymology or, or, or um, you know, what someone does at a desk nine to five, is there anything that you've been fascinated by that you don't think you could write about because it's too uh, boring or, 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 or niche or, uh, I mean, is there any, any curiosity you think wouldn't, wouldn't make a, a, a story? Oh my gosh. No, because if you learn about it, then it becomes interesting. You know, like that, that John uh-huh. Adams quote, I that, <laughs> if I can shoehorn that into a lead, I think you can pretty much just shove anything in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, Katie Weaver, thank you again so much for the time uh, amidst your reporting. We really appreciate it and looking forward to reading uh each and every word uh that you bring uh to us next so so thanks again for joining the sunday laundry podcast and uh want to give a shout out to, to julian mckenzie this week's uh producer for for helping making it happen and, and for everybody uh for listening Th- thanks again katie thank you for having me thank you everyone